You are now listening to Evolving with Nicole Sylvester. This is a podcast for women ready to evolve into their fullest, most radiant and rich expressions of self. From well-being to relationships to business to unfiltered conversations about the messy and the majestic, this is a place for you to open your heart, open your mind, and be prepared to hear something that's going to change your life for the better. Are you ready? Enjoy the show. So today we have Sony Pelty on the show. Now, Sony is a woman that I've known for the last few years. She's been in my world. She's come to my events. She has been in my miracle realm. She has attended lots of different live calls with me. I have had some Voxer time with Sony. So I feel like I know Sony pretty well and that I have a really lovely relationship with her. And I just really, I love her so much. So I know that you're going to love hearing from her. What I want to let you know is Sony is a dating and relationship coach whose life transformation inspired her to become an expert in helping women heal generational and cultural patterns that keep them stuck in their love lives. She had a 22-year marriage, which she mentions on the show. It ended in a divorce. And after that, Sony went on a very unique journey to meet the love of her life. And I want to share this with you because... It's just such a testament of how you can have any sort of experience in your life and something can just click and all of a sudden you're ready to totally revolutionize your life. This is the reminder for anyone listening, it's not too late. If you have someone in your life that has been moving through relationship hiccups or complete meltdowns or there's someone in your life that is working up the courage to leave a relationship like this is an episode that you share with them if you know someone that is curious out there dating doing the damn thing opening their hearts for the love of their life this is also an episode you share with them and for all of you ladies that are married and doing your thing and like just moving through your relationship and it's really sustaining and adding so much love to your life. Wonderful. This episode will still entertain you. And also there's some great tidbits about really loving yourself. So I'm excited for you to hear. Before we dive into this episode, I want to give you an update in case you didn't see it on Instagram or via email within my email community. I want to let you know that I finally announced my new book and the publishing date is June 20th. So on June 20th, my new book, Setting Myself Free, Abuse, Addiction, Crime, and a Return to Innocence. This memoir will be coming out on June 20th and I have some things planned. So I want you to stay tuned, whether you're following me on Instagram, all that information is below. You can reach out, of course, but just stay tuned because we're going to announce it. I have something special planned for the readers that end up buying this book right away. I also have exclusive resources that I've created just for the readers. So this is a big part of why I wanted to put this book out is to really create a greater impact and to help every woman that reaches this book and every human that 
just has their moment with this book to connect with their own path of setting themselves free. We are all liberating ourselves from different things. Yet that is that common thread that connects us as humans. We are here to remember our divinity. And you hear in my story, you're going to hear it in Sony's story, like this is what it is to be human. We unbound ourselves from all of our stories and all of our limitations. And we remember who we really are and what we're really made of. So stay tuned June 20th. And I have a lot more to announce on that note. But for now, I want you to know that everything that you're going to hear in this upcoming episode is down in the show notes. So you can connect with Sony, follow her on Instagram. I highly recommend it. If you're interested in her work, her her website is below and her book, I bring it up in the show and I'm going to bring it up again. It's down in the show notes, Dating from Self-Love. So my friends, enjoy this episode and don't forget to share it with someone you love that's opening their heart to more and more love. Enjoy. I'm so excited for this conversation. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what I want to say is I have had your book and I didn't open it. So I was like, okay, we're going to talk. And I just have had a lot going on finishing my book. When I finally opened it, I was like, this book is thick. It is thick. It has a lot of information, a lot of practices in it. And I think it was because you finished it so quickly mm-hmm. that I, I just, I didn't expect that. So that just goes to show me you have a lot of content, a lot of creations, a lot going on. And sometimes it's just like taking the time to do it because I was just like, there's so much, you're touching on so many important factors. So I can't wait, but the book is beautiful. So I'm just going to say that from the beginning. Um, yeah, I was just really excited to talk to you after I opened it Thank up. Thank you. Yeah, it was like, there was so much flowing through me. <laughs> I did not know when to stop. <laughs> no. Yeah, there, there's, that's the thing. It's like, when you're really ready, like they say the muse shows up when you are ready and you were, and that's why when I opened this, I was like, oh my God, this is like a legit book, not just a workbook. It's a legit book, but there is that workbook aspect where, you invite people to share, to write down, to like put it on paper. And that's really important too. So thank you for this. No, thank you. Um, You are a huge inspiration for me to bring this out. Like I had all this stuff in me and yet I never had either the time was not right for me to do it or I did not know the how, but once I started writing, it was like, oh my God, the faucet wouldn't stop. (laughs) There's more books coming. I could tell. I was like, oh yeah. So this is Dating from Self-Love, a playbook for women, uh, how to fall in love with yourself, open your heart and let love in. So we're going to talk about all of this, but what I'm curious about is how Sony became the teacher she is today, the, the coach, the guide, because I always know there's a, there's some sort of experience that sets us on our path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been my life journey for 50 some years. And um, I first had my awakening when I was in my late 40s. I it's just been, like I said, my life's journey. My first marriage was very tumultuous. I was in that marriage for 22 years. And you'll be shocked. And everybody listening will be shocked that I was 19 when I first got married Mm. and it was an arranged marriage. And that's like a norm in India. It's shifting now, but still very much how um, people get married. Yeah. 
you know, so, either it's like newspaper, um, matrimonial, like, you know, how you have um, personal sale sections in newspapers and stuff. It's a something. Yeah. Like <laughs> so it's like, are you going to, you know, buy my car? But is it so when it's like a ad in the paper, is it because your parents post it for you? Yes. They're like offering their daughter and inviting the right match. Right, right. Or it could be through mutual friends or family. Hey, you know, my son or my daughter is ready. If you know someone, you know, keep us in mind, blah, blah, blah. But it's very much arranged. Okay. So Sony, I asked permission. She said nothing's off limits. And at the time I had nothing that seemed like it would push a limit. (laughs) But now I have something. So I'm going to ask. She said she's open. So we're going to go with it. (laughs) Were you a virgin at that time? So this was going to be your first partner. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So, and I'm just thinking of this for myself, from my own journey, from my teenage daughter, like, what would this be like? Yeah. So it's, I've always been curious about arranged marriages, but I've never had someone firsthand. And this is funny because Tony's been in my world for the past maybe two years in different programs. I never knew this about you. So I love to learn. Yeah. When you were growing up, did you grow up in India? I grew, I was in India till I was 10 years old. And then my family moved to Dubai. So that's where I, I consider that as my home. Like I grew up there, Um, but very much with the Indian culture and traditions. Uh, I came from a very um, conservative family. Dad was very, very protective of me. I was not allowed to date. I wasn't even allowed to talk about boys. It was just so protective and conservative environment I grew up in. Okay. Yeah. Even though I didn't live in India. Yeah. So it's just because it was culturally. So, and in Dubai, is it also, I mean, I've seen like Dubai bling. So obviously that's a little different, but I feel like the culture in general, it's very male. Absolutely. And it's also very conservative as well. Right. So it was like being Indian and then growing up in Dubai. So it was like a double whammy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The fear of my parents, like not being able to go by myself anywhere, not being allowed to go to parties. And I had a brother going, growing up who was just like uh, nine months younger to me and he was allowed to do everything. Oh, that's frustrating. So it was so frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. That is really frustrating. So let's go back to about the time when I guess you were turning 18. Was it a known fact, like a rite of passage, like this was coming? You knew that around the time that you were becoming an adult that you would be married off? So in my situation, yes, Indian girls get to tend tend to get married earlier than other women do but for me because I grew up in Dubai and in the 80s there was no colleges or universities there so I was either to leave the country to come to the western world Europe USA or even go back to India for attending college and so my parents knew that I was not going to be staying at home with themselves and that made them very uncomfortable um not wanting me to be living by myself. So even when the prospects of uh, colleges and universities came, even um, sending me to India, the criteria was um, to stay with a family. Okay. Either aunt, uncle, grandmother, or whoever. But my dad, more so. My mom is pretty cool about it, but my dad 
was not um, too keen on, uh, he was actually very against it. He didn't want me to be by myself okay. in a foreign country, yeah. even in my own country. <laughs> yeah. That- and, and it was just this fear. So basically, if, if Sony is going to leave home, she's going to go to her man's home, like her husband's okay. home. Okay. Yeah. That's like going to be like, he takes over her dad in a way, like the yes. protector, but the provider. Okay. Yes. So tell me about picking your husband. Mm-hmm. Were you involved? Like, were they showing you images and thinking, is he cute? kind of thing totally I was involved um yet I was only 19 and I feel like maybe the girls today have it more together I felt like I lived under a rock and I was just okay with he looked good um and something else I would like to share um about the Indian culture and this whole process of uh finding your husband or the arranged marriage piece of it is a lot of um, questions. It's like a, basically the guy is going through an interview. Mm-hmm. So what do you like? And it's not just the girl and the boy sitting face to face. It's like parents interviewing too. Yeah. So what do you do for a living? How much money do you make? Blah, blah, blah. Like it's all those. It's like on Indian matchmaking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I've watched the show. If anyone has watched the show on Netflix, you can yes. kind of paint a picture here. So everything looked perfect on. Okay cover so I had no reasoning to say no and um his did you feel mom, excited did you feel I excited? was I okay. was okay That's actually good. for that there was another reason because I didn't want to be stuck in Dubai my friends were leaving for college to Australia to India to you know Europe or USA and I would not want to be alone so I guess that was another incentive for me okay this way I will get to leave Dubai. Yeah. Like move on and grow up kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but no, I did have a say. And like I said, everything looked so good on the cover and I'm like, sure. Yeah. This sounds great. Well, was it great for a period? How, Um, like, how did it turn? It was great for just a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Very soon. So the first 10 years of our marriage, we lived in a joint family, which is, again, very traditional, very cultural for Indians to do. And what I mean by joint family, it's like it's his parents, him, his sister who was married with her husband, and then I come newly married into the family. Okay. So we didn't have our own space. Yeah, that feels intense. So, so uh, we were only physically together for like 10 months. So our engagement there was six months between our engagement and when we got married, but he came back to Houston and I was in Dubai. Okay. So we had this long distance relationship, long distance romance and everything, like I said, would be perfect. He would send me weekly letters. I'm outdating myself. Because that yeah. time was like, you know, you mail letters and I would get gifts and cards and it was beautiful. Yeah. But when we started living together very soon, I found out that he is very short tempered. He didn't have great relationship with his parents and just all these things started just unfolding and revealing themselves to me. And one night um, it was 2am and I didn't find him in bed. So I went out looking for him and I found him in the living room watching porn. And that just, 
<sighs> that just kind of burst my bubble. I was shocked coming from a conservative in family, just con- conservative upbringing and only being 19 and um, not ever experiencing anything like that. I was shaken up. Mm. And the feelings that were going inside me, it's like, I just don't matter. Mm. Like I am here and yet I'm not here. Like, why does he need all of this if he has me? Yeah. I think that that's what a lot of women would think, feel. If it's like, I'm here, we could have sex. Yes. Like I'm here. I, I, I'm, I'm ready. But then, you know, that's unfolding. You see that in movies a lot too. Like I see that in shows. Yeah. I was like frozen. I did not know how to react at that moment. In that moment, I did not know what to say, what to do. But the the thoughts that were going inside of me was like, wow, I'm here, but I don't matter. Mm. So what happened after that? Did you approach him or did you just pretend you didn't see? Oh, no, no, no. I approached him and (laughs) we had a conversation. We had a fight. Um, uh, back then I did not know what conscious communication was so it was just like <laughs> it was unconscious <laughs> communication <laughs> yes <laughs> again he would say that he would not do it he you know he's he apologized blah 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 but he was addicted yeah he was a porn addict and not just that I found mounds and mounds and piles of uh, playboy magazines in other magazines that are sexual content right and like I said never seen that growing up so that was a very much shocking for me but every time he apologized I accepted his apology thinking that things would change they would turn around and they never did and I just obviously I accepted it (laughs) because I stayed with him for 22 years Um, and I guess that's the piece where self-love self-worth comes into but um I just stuck with it I found him looking with binoculars out from our bedroom window into the other home's bathroom that's how wow yeah and watching the woman in that house undress yeah and I caught him doing it and again I forgave him for everything that he did until it just became too much. <laughs> so this is a this is an important point because especially I know that you work with women in the way that you do now. I also work with women. So I hear, you know, women that are in relationships that are not well. What do you think it is? What was it with you? What mm-hmm. were the like stories? But also what do you find with women? Like why do we keep letting I, that shit go? Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. know? So you know what? I I was told, oh, that's how men are. That's how all men are. They have a roaming eye. Uh, no, that's not, that's not how all men are. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel for me, one of the things, again, this was a shield. I had two kids with him. Mm-hmm. So now do I rock everyone's world by just leaving him? So that was one thing, having kids. I see a lot of women and including me 
staying in marriages or in relationships that don't serve us, that don't fulfill us for the sake of our kids. Yeah. So that was one thing for me. And the other thing, I don't, I was very much defined by other people. Uh, My identity was defined by my friends, by the external social world. And I was very fearful if I were to divorce him, if I were to walk away, what would my life look like? People want to talk to me. I wasn't in the place where I was in love with myself Mm -hmm. or I was so um, grounded in my self-worth and so much my own soulmate that I would have been okay, but I wasn't. Yeah. Right. So that just like, oh, what would my life be like? What do people say? What would society say? Like, um, what would my parents say? (laughs) Yeah. More worried about everyone else's validation and approval over, am I happy? Do I feel well? And that's what you said about people choosing for the kids. I think that people do choose it for the kids and that's what they think. But I think Mm -hmm. it's really like comes down to we're afraid. And I speak collectively because I've been a woman that's felt like that before. And I've watched my mother and I've watched my sister. Mm -hmm. We're also afraid of what life would look like Yes, for us. Like it's scary. It's scary. Right. Right. But when you have the self-love, I feel like the self-love just kind of takes over. Oh my God. It's like, it's like you get to a point where you're just like, I can't, or I can't choose this anymore. And, you know, so. Yes. And uh, something I would like to add to that is like, we are actually doing disservice to our kids if we stay in tumultuous relationships because there's so much trauma that the kids experience. Yeah. And they're, and I would say this is what I've noticed to me. It's like with environments are so important. And uh, one thing I didn't ever really see is my family being loving, kind, conscious communication, as you mentioned, (laughs) like we sit down, we can talk without having to blow up a walk away, a blame, a curse. Like we can sit down and be like, we're going to be together. We're going to talk about this. We're going to get through to the other side. Never saw that. And I feel like it's so important that if you're in a family where that's not possible, we have to get our kids at least if like take them away from that. And, you know, so I know it's, it's a big deal. So how did you Oh, go ahead? What were you going to say? Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to ask, like, what was your turning point then? When was the day where you were like, I cannot fucking do this anymore. I'm done. Yeah. Yes. You'll be surprised. So my son was the catalyst. (laughs) Really? Okay. How old was your son at the time? He was 15. Okay. And my daughter was 10, but it was one of those nights we were arguing. And at that point in our relationship, it was not just like verbal abuse. It was physical as well. Okay. So it was like, we we're having one of these arguments. And I remember like from our living room to the kitchen area, there was this arch. And I guess my son was standing right behind the arch. And he was just kind of hearing us arguing and seeing us fight and after the whole thing was over and done with, and I, he saw me in the kitchen just crying, he comes to me and he's like, mom, why do you want to be with him? Mm. He hurts you so much. He doesn't respect you. Leave him. Mm. And, and at that time, my heart just swelled up so much. And all of a sudden, this little boy became this adult you know I mean so much wisdom coming from a 15 year old was like oh my god I don't have to stay 
because of my kids. I should leave for my kids. Yes. And my daughter too, um, she would get very anxious if um, I would share my opinion or voice my opinion on any matter with her dad. She's like, why do you want to say anything? He's just going to get angry. Mm. At that moment, I realized that I am setting a wrong example for both my kids by staying in this marriage. I'm showing my son that it's okay for a man to mistreat you and do whatever he desires. The woman will always stay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sharing, showing my daughter that it's okay for a man to treat us the and in any way he wants to, we have no options and we just got to tolerate. And also I was showing her, you cannot speak. You cannot use your voice. Like you just have to be so fearful. And I didn't want my daughter to become a woman who is afraid of using her voice and sharing what she thinks and feels. Yes. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. So it was for my kids that I decided to take the step and I'm so happy I did. (laughs) Yes. I'm glad. I hope this story reaches, you know, someone that's on that verge, because I will say, even though we're talking about this and we're like, it's the best thing to do. It's not, it's definitely not the easiest thing to do. So it's like grace. I have so much grace for that, but it's like, sometimes it's just hearing one story where you're like, that inspired me. So thank you for sharing all those things. I'm curious now about the awakening because your awakening came, I would say, not that it's later in life, but you hear people talking about their awakenings and things happen. I love that yours happened. You said you're late forties. Um, mid, I would say I was like 40, 41. I got okay. divorced when I was 42. So we kind of had conversations that we would not want to be together once the kids go to college. But I decided I don't want to wait that long. Mm-hmm. I'm in my, I'm just 40. I want to be able to enjoy life and do what I want to do and not be stuck in this till I'm 50 or so. And then my kids leave the yeah. house. That's when I start living. But um, I had started um, reading like books and um, just listening to podcasts and just stepping my toes in the personal growth field, like just very little, but um, I had not heard the P of personal development. I was like, totally, this was a whole new world for me. And so I started before we got divorced, I started dabbling a little bit into things when I knew that I was going to step out of this marriage and step into the new world. Yet the first couple of years were very rough. Mm -hmm. Um, I started dating, but things would not work out. I will be in relationships, which will be like three months here, six months here, maybe a year here. But it was like, nothing was um, working out for me. And I just went from one relationship to the other. And that's when I decided, I do want to feel real love. I do want to be in a deep drumming relationship. I would love to be married again. So what do I need to do? And that's when I Googled relationship coaches. And that was the beginning of (laughs) my awakening and my transformation, baby steps over several years. Thank God for Google. It just helps us. (laughs) You're like, I can just Google and I will find what I need and it led you to a whole path of awakening. I love that so much. Yes. And like you say too, Nicole, right? Like when you're ready, the teacher just shows up. I don't even know what got into me 
to Google relationship coaches. It's just like, you know, you knew, you knew, like you, you know, to us, right? <laughs> yeah. right to Google, I'll lead you right where you need to go. We're blessed because we have access to so much. So there's no reason not to, but we all have that right time. Like there's that right time. So you had your right time. And I want to acknowledge like that must have been challenging. I think it's one thing finding your partner or being in a long-term relationship and then re-entering the dating world. Mm -hmm. But you went from arranged marriage to now figuring out the American dating world. Dating apps, online dating. I'm like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) Never dating to first time dating in my 40s and a whole new realm of things. I'm like, oh my God. Right, right. So you started getting into this world of, dating coaches you went into what were some of the big shifts that you had that were like oh my god I've been doing it this way and I'm not doing it that way anymore like I wouldn't say wrong but you just had a revelation like oh "Oh, no I gotta change things up (laughs) what were some of those big revelations so many moments it's like that's when I actually realized like I was people pleasing over giving Mm -hmm. like you know I was taught growing up that being generous person is really good that's you're noble you're supposed to be doing that but no, it was like just over giving people pleasing and just wanting to be liked and fit into this cool girls club ever since I was little. Mm. I think that's so many women. Middle school, high school, all through my, most of my adult life. And I feel like, you know, how we show up in one area of our life is how we show up in every area. So when I was people pleasing my girlfriends and trying to do things for other people around me, that's how I showed up with men. Yeah. And I feel I like generosity. Yeah. Yeah. But there's generosity. And then there's like feeling like you need to give to be loved, um, liked, accepted, which yes. is like different. Yeah. But no one tells us the difference. Totally. And now when I look back, it totally comes from my childhood because when I would get a perfect score, when I will do well in school, that's when all these compliments would shower. Otherwise, I was like, criticized. I was told like, I'm not enough. I need to do better. So I knew that I will only be loved one when I'm perfect. I'm pleasing other people and I'm just showing up and doing what makes everyone else happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and that showed up dating too. I would buy gifts for men. I would pay on dates. I would do all these crazy things so that they, Oh, she is a catch. Yeah, that's the biggest turnoff. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Which I realized later. Yeah. I made every single mistake in the book. <laughs> what you write about in the in the book that you have. Yeah. There's so much in here, which I really loved and what I thought was, you know, a lot of just important depth that sometimes people might not think about. Things like intellectual boundaries, physical boundaries. emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, all these things are so important. And when we've been dating people that tend to take, Mm -hmm. don't respect us, or maybe we grew up in homes like that, that's never discussed. And so it's like, I love that you gave these practices in here because it really helps people have the language for what does it feel like to say, actually, no. Yeah. I don't want to give that. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't meet my needs. I think if anything, ladies, buy the book just for that section. If, you, if you're wondering, do I need it? Yes, you do. Because it's just, it's important. We need to teach these things to our daughters. Yeah. And also to our sons, but it's really important for women. 
Totally. And it's, it's going to feel shocking to the nervous system when we first say no. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. Oh my God. I know. I know. <laughs> I would be like shaking. Like the whole physiological experience is like sweaty palms. It's like, oh my God, heart racing. Am I doing this right? What if this person never calls me back? So we are going to feel that in our nervous system and we would want to go back to doing the things that we are used to. But I promise if we just baby steps one at a time, little by little, just we get more confident. And the more we start having, cultivating a relationship with ourselves, just saying no feels so much easier. Yes. My God, that's like the quotable. That's what we need. That's your like quotable (laughs) because it's so true. I remember when I first started saying no, not even just to men, but like to clients, to Mm -hmm. people, um, when people would ask for things that I wasn't comfortable giving and I would just know in my heart, I knew too much not to say no, but my body was just like, what are we doing? Are we safe? Like maybe just fix it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's no. Or maybe no. I said too much. Maybe let yeah. me crack and let me kind of make it a little bit pretty for him or whoever. Right. Yeah. 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 This is big. It's deep work. That's yeah. really deep work. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's such a big. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good for us to make people around us uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, it, because why should we be uncomfortable? I think that's right. the thing we have to love ourselves enough to make sure that we're space holding for us. Right. But so tell me about finding your current husband because you're married now and yes. it seems like your relationship is beautiful. It's lovely. I know that you're a woman that's been doing really beautiful work in the world. You've been investing a lot in yourself. You mm-hmm. show up, you shine, you do all these things. And I just, I have a clear picture that your husband's very different now. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And I had to change a lot about myself. I get this resistance from women so much. I don't want to change. I want to, what do I need to change for a man? And we are not really changing ourselves. We are undoing things that society has taught us. Our culture has taught us. Our parents have taught us, right? We're not really changing. We are actually coming home to our true essence, right? So I had to do a lot of that deconditioning breaking the old ways of showing up and um, creating new ways of showing up. So like I had this pattern of falling for bad boys. So I went on like at least 300 some first dates before I met Larry. (laughs) Literally 300, right? Because, okay, yeah. I know there was hundreds because you wrote that somewhere. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was like just... I used to fall for bad boys. And then where through my journey and transformation and healing, I started giving every man a chance unless there were like clear red flags that he's going to be a threat to my safety and security. Then I would not go. But otherwise I had this pattern of like bad boys mm-hmm. um, where men who would try to show up as um, consistent and easy like everything when everything felt easy that felt boring so I would yeah. just drop them off <laughs> yeah like this right. is too good to be true <laughs> goodbye yes relationships <laughs> are not easy like this you you're nice to- that doesn't work for me yeah you have to do the work <laughs> there has to be some chemical push pull kind of a a thing between us right how is this so easy so that would be boring yeah. so I have this pattern and I've 
this it was one of the intimacy fears right like I was only attracted to those kind of people looks mattered oh he's supposed to be tall and handsome and blah 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 right all of those things that we are told and once I started giving every man a chance I would just as long as everything looked good I would just meet them for a first date yeah so you're just willing to give it a try what was your what was your perspective going into the date did you have like like I feel like you had a belief system you had something that you were like I'm gonna go in here and what Right. So basically I had my non-negotiables and must-haves. So I got very clear on those. Okay. And after that, I went out with whoever was not fitting into that. If if that person fit into that mold, then I would just date them. Yeah. Like you're willing to see what I mean, what's out there, experiment, become curious, um, and not because as women and I had this, we have we pendulate, we either fall for someone too quickly or we just reject someone too soon Mm. and I wanted to break that pattern that I had of just oh my god this person is this shiny object he just creates this um chemicals in my body like I want to be I want to talk to him all day every day and you know it's just something that's not too healthy too soon yeah. Right. It's so a good such thing great like that build time. Yeah. That's such great self-awareness to be like, okay, this is, I'm acting like an addict right now. So, <laughs> so if I would tell just... you, I joke, I joke with my husband all the time. I tell him if the old Sony wouldn't have never swiped right on you. So I met him on Bumble. Okay. <laughs> and because he was, he was, he's bald, not bald completely, but he's, he was balding and he was, not, he's like three inches taller than me. So I had this like, no, I don't want a ball person. I want somebody who's six feet. This this used to be my checklist that I used to go around out with. Yeah. And I gave up all that. So I joke with him all the time. I said, the old me wouldn't have even swiped right on you. And we yeah. wouldn't have been together today. But something I would like to share here, even when I started dating him, and it was, I think, our third date And I had this urge of saying, I don't think this is going to work out for us because I felt that he was too into me, like very affectionate, very caring and loving. And even though I wanted those qualities in a man, I realized that um, what I had experienced in my uh, first marriage, uh, my husband, my then husband would tell me, oh, you want to hug and kiss at, at every corner. And so basically my two love languages are primary love languages are physical touch and quality time. But I never experienced that level of physical touch in my first marriage. So some, somewhere, somehow, sometime, I just pushed that desire so deep down that I didn't even exist anymore. And when someone was trying to show me that love and affection, it was feeling alien to my body. But in that moment, I decided that I had to give him a chance. I cannot keep doing this over and over again. So I guess what I'm trying to um, share with this story is that healing comes in phases. Right. Even though I had already done so much work, this was 
another layer that I needed to heal and let him just give me that love and affection, just pour into me. And actually that healed my body as well when I let him. So when we let good men into our lives, it just changes our world. Yes. So what is really important about that, that I really love is, well, people do this, like women say, and I find like when we're at that stage, it's a little immature ladies, but when we're saying things like he has to be six foot, like you can put your desires out there. Yes. But it's just like a man walking around saying, I want a perfect 10, whatever the fuck that means. Yes. (laughs) The reality is that we are, we are humans. There's so much more to us. And what I found is I used to always date guys that were like six foot plus, which is funny because I'm five, three. (laughs) So it's like a little uh, excessive. But when I dated two guys that were under five, nine, I didn't even realize because I was very present with them. Mm -hmm. And it was just a presence thing. It was really powerful. It was just, you know, it was, you don't notice it. I should say when you're connecting with the person. Yes. That was my experience. Yeah. Um, Sony, I want to bring this around to the book really quickly. What do you want women to get from this book from start to finish? Like what, I, when they walk away from it? Yeah. I would want women to know that they are their forever lover. They are their own first soulmate and a soulmate forever. And my promise for from this for this book that I make to my readers is that um, when we fall in love with ourselves, then love just feels easy. And yes. we all already have soulmates. That's us. Yes. And how are we treating ourselves? Can we treat ourselves? as we would treat the soulmate that we are wanting to attract. Yes. And once we start doing that, then things just shift so beautifully. (laughs) All right. So I love your intentions with this book and I can't recommend it enough. So ladies, show notes, go check it out, order it, let us know how it goes. But I want to talk about the work that you do with women, because it's one thing to read a book from someone and do the practices. But as you and I both know, it's like the deep diving that happens when you're in a Zoom with someone, when you are unpacking that. So tell me, tell us what it's like to work with you. Yeah. So I work with women in intimate containers, uh, three months, six months, a year long. And I love doing that because like you said, you can read a book, but true changes happen when you're actually embodying what you want, right? We can all know things and the concept of self-love or anything that we are trying to create in our life. But when we actually embody it in our everyday life and show up as that person, that's when things start to shift. And that's what I love working with women on, like the embodiment piece of it. So tell us, just to break it down, because it's like embodiment sounds nice and neat. But when I think of this, I can imagine even just from my own stories of dating, um, even hearing from friends, it's like you think it's going to go one way or you think it's going to be this one way, things could be good. Then our patterns start to show up. 
in relationships or even with starting the date. And I was talking to my friend about this and she was like, uh, just like she recommends dating coaching so much because she's like, when you start dating, that's when you really get into the shit. (laughs) So tell us about this with your clients, paint the picture for everyone listening. So they know. I always hear this or I hear several people saying, Oh, I'm going to wait till I heal. And then I'm going to go date. But a lot of healing happens when you are dating and when you get triggered, when you meet people and you interact with men, right? And at that point, when you have somebody to hold space for you and guide you through the triggers that are showing up for you, that is so important and powerful. Yeah. And I feel like that can change that can change the outcome. You know, it's like, I was just uh, talking to a friend who was just sharing about, you know, an an unraveling of a relationship. And it's like, there's so much healing available in each part of relationships, but we have to have someone, I feel that when we have someone to help us unpack these things, Mm -hmm. we really can get the like gifts from it. And the story I shared with you, like three dates, and this was like, a year and a half into healing and showing up on dates and with men differently. And yet I had this desire to push Larry away well after the third date. And had I not had that guidance and had someone help me unpack and just sit through the discomfort that's showing up for me, I wouldn't have had him in my life. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you watch, do you watch Love is Blind? No, I haven't. I've heard a lot I about it. I feel like it would be interesting for you because uh, my friend, you know, she's in the love coaching world and she, um, and I always talk about it. So I'm like, well, what did you think about that? (laughs) But there was a couple on there and it was very obvious to me that the guy was picking from a pattern of his mom that he described. Uh And it's like, these things are deeply ingrained. Like it's just how you knew to receive love, even if it doesn't feel good. So it's like, to me, it's having someone like Sony in your you know, on your side there to talk to you so that you can see what you might not be seeing, but it keeps leading you to the same place that you don't want to end up. So tell us um, what that looks like. Is it, because I know before you and I talked and you were doing a dating concierge, which I, I know sounded yes. fun, but what are you doing now? Like, tell us what it's like to work with you now. So I, I take women. So right now I have just private coaching, um, mentorship opportunities. I like to call myself more of a guide because what I do is I want to give the power back to women. We have all the answers. And I know, Nicole, you talk about it a lot. Like we have all the answers within us. Is this guy good for me? Is he the way he's showing up for me? Is it right or wrong? We know those answers. And that's what I love to do in my private coaching sessions with women is bring them home back to their own wisdom into yeah. them so because good. I don't you know just looking to someone for answers say this don't say this no this man is not right for you and that man no I want what do you feel what what feels in your body when you're treated this way versus when you're treated with elegance with dignity yeah. with respect right I love that so all those things you can only go so deep in a book right yeah, the book is a great appetizer. Oh, yeah. I feel like you get the book and work on it simultaneously. <laughs> you know, I think that even for anyone listening, if you have someone in your life that's dating, like this is a great gift. I love how you just shared about um, 
how does it feel in the body, which, you know, I'm a big fan of all of that lifestyle, right? And it's important for women. Your book is very much like that, which I really loved when I was moving through it. Uh, It talks about intimacy with self and getting touch with all the sensations. And this is so important for us to know this before we find a partner. Like we have to know that what it feels good and allow it. Totally. And I did try to include like some meditations and things like that in the book for women to just connect more with themselves. Yeah. Changes everything for us. It literally, it does so much. So now you've been with your husband for how long? Three years. It was three dates that you wanted to say goodbye. Yes. (laughs) And then, and then what happened? And then now it's like, we've been together for three and a half years. I would not say it's bed of roses hundred percent of the time, because when you get married and when you're living with someone 24 seven, and now because our worlds are so like work from home, everybody's home all the time. So we are growing together there are disagreements there are conflicts and that is so important I feel like conflicts connect us more intimately with each other when we are dealing with conflicts in the right way I feel that too like you feel there's and then also when someone can hold you in your conflict I feel like there's a feeling of safety there totally so that I really love that too Right. Even when we, there was a transition phase for us when I sold my house and moved into his place, just that period was so wobbly Mm -hmm. and to be held in that space. And I would like have meltdowns and I would cry. And then just being able to vulnerably share how I was feeling and for him to just sit there and listen that was very healing too. Yeah. So it's not a bed of roses, but is it worth it? Totally. Yeah. Well, I would say it sounds safe to say that it's a bed of roses most like sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, I think that's relationships. It's seasons, there's phases. Yes. You yes. know, I don't think that um, I, you know, it's funny with even just in femininity in general, it's like we are four different people throughout the month. It's it, like scientifically. So it's like, there's so many phases, but I feel like in a relationship to me, even when I envision my relationship, it's not like something that's perfect. I want depth. And if I want depth, I know there's going to be these times where we're stretching, we're growing, we're meeting each other yes. differently. Yes. And we all know how that feels. Not fun all the time. Right, right. <laughs> One astrologer actually told me like, you guys are going to butt heads so much, but you are, are going to be each other's best friends and that is so true for us like we really um expand each other we really challenge each other Mm -hmm. in every way and I feel like we are helping each other heal too yeah that's what I feel like relationships they say greatest spiritual teacher and that's because it reveals so much so I love that and I love that you have that perspective you have a lot of perspective and a unique perspective to offer to women that are on the journey and looking to find love but also we are the greatest source of our love so you guide them right home to themselves that's right (laughs) (laughs) so Sony where can everyone find you where do you love to share and create so I mostly live on Instagram and then I do have a blog on my website that I have uh, 
given new life to it. And I have been writing more blogs. So my website and Instagram. Okay. All of that we are going to put in the show notes. I'm also going to link the book. And I would say that if you have questions or you're curious about working with Sony and knowing what it would be like to be held and guided as you get out into new territory with dating and just finding a deeper relationship with yourself and then with a lover, then reach out. And if this episode helped you, inspired you in some way, share it. We'd love to hear. Tag us both. And um, I can't wait to hear how it is received. I hope you enjoy it as much as we have enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for coming, Tony. Thank you. This was so awesome. And it was, I had such a wonderful conversation with you. (laughs) Same. I knew it was going to be good, but I mean, it just lived up to what I thought. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I have created a brand new gift exclusively for my podcast community. This gift is created to help you have the best morning and night by becoming more focused, aware, intentional, and showing up in your life with more presence. If you want access to this free gift, all you have to do is leave a review down below and take a screenshot. Send that screenshot to us. You can send it to my team, support at NicoleSylvester.com. The email is down in the show notes. You can also feel free to DM me on Instagram. Either way, we'll be sure to send you out this gift as a thank you for being a part of this community and leaving your honest review. And finally, if you know someone that could benefit by hearing today's message, I want to invite you to share this episode with them. I can't tell you how many times my life has been enhanced by someone sharing something powerful with me. And I know that when I come across something that's powerful, I send it out to the people I love because I want them to get that spark, to get that that feeling that comes with remembering who you are, what you're made of, and what's possible. And that's my intention for this show. Until next time, stay blessed.